Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. Our very own pop princess now, Queen of Pop, has a special announcement she would like to make. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to All You Need to Know Radio. This is our final show for the year 2019, and we want to go ahead and uh, bring Copperhead on with us. Copperhead, you hearing us? All right, so he is not there. So, guys, we are going to start our show tonight a very different way. We are going to go straight into the Democrats responding to now impeached. Donald John Trump last night by the House and listen to their responses. This is the Democratic debate, their their final of this year. And uh, let's go into it. And then we'll have almost joining us from our best in justice team. And we're going to talk about how the Democrats are responding. And we are going to talk about um, how Donald Trump being impeached is going to affect his election if it does at all. This is All You Need to Know Radio, and it starts right now. Last night at this hour, the House of Representatives voted for only the third time in American history to impeach a president. Every one of you was in favor of this action. But unlike 1974 and President Nixon, congressional Democrats have so far not convinced a strong majority of Americans to support impeachment of President Trump. Why do you think that is, and what can you say or do differently in the coming weeks to persuade more Americans that this is the right thing to do? I want to ask all of you to respond, but to begin with Vice President Biden. You know, Judy, uh, it was a constitutional necessity for the House to act as it did. And, uh, you know, uh, Trump's response to suggest that only half of the American people want to see him thrown out of office now, I find is dumbing down the presidency beyond what I even thought he would do. You know, uh, is any wonder that if you look at the international polling that's been done, that the Chinese leader is rated above American, the American president, or that Vladimir Putin congratulated him, saying stand fast, and in fact, it was a mistake to impeach him. You know, uh, we need to restore the integrity of the presidency, of the office of the presidency. And it's about time we get that underway. My job, and I think the job of all of us up here, is to, in fact, well, that's not true. Some are going to be actually voting in the Senate. But my job is to just go out and make the case why he doesn't deserve to be president of the United States for another four years. 
Senator Sanders, why do you think more people are not in support of impeachment and what else can you do? Well, Judy, uh, what I would say is that uh, we have a president who is a pathological liar. <clears throat> we have a president who is running the most corrupt administration in the modern history of this country. And we have a president who is a fraud because during this campaign, he told working people one thing and he ended up doing something else. I believe that I will personally be doing this in the coming weeks and months is making the case that we have a president who has sold out the working families of this country, who wants to cut Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid after he promised he would not do that, and who has documentedly lied thousands of times since he is president. And the case to be made is, yeah, certainly I disagree with Trump on virtually all of his policies, but what conservatives, I think, understand is that we cannot have a president with that temperament who is dishonoring the presidency of the United States. Senator Warren, why do you think, why do you think more Americans don't agree that this is the right thing to do and what more can you say? So I see this as a constitutional moment. Uh, last night the president was impeached and everyone now in the Senate has taken a constitutional oath to uphold our Constitution, and that doesn't mean loyalty to an individual, it doesn't mean loyalty to a political party, it means loyalty to our country. And that vote will play out over the next several weeks. But the way I see this is we've now seen the impact of corruption, and that's what's clearly on the stage in 2020, is how we are going to run against the most corrupt president in living history. You know, this president has made corruption originally his argument that he would drain the swamp. And yet he came to Washington, broke that promise, and has done everything he can for the wealthy and the well-connected, from tax breaks to ambassadorships. We have to prosecute the case against him, and that means we need a candidate for president who can draw the sharpest distinction between the corruption of the Trump administration and a Democrat who is willing to get out and fight, not for the wealthy and well-connected, but to fight for everyone else. That's why I'm in this race. Senator Klobuchar. Senator Klobuchar, what argument can you make to persuade more Americans this is the right thing? Let me make the case to the American people. As a wise judge said, the president is not king in America. The law is king. And what James Madison once said when he was uh, speaking out at the Constitutional Convention, and by the way, I think he's a pretty good size for a president. He was five foot four. Uh, and what he said, he said the reason that we have these impeachment uh, articles in the Constitution, that the provisions are in there, is because he feared that a president would betray the trust of the American people for a foreign power. That is what happened here. Watergate, this is a global Watergate. In the case of Watergate, a paranoid president facing election looked for dirt on a political opponent. He did it by getting people to break in. This president did it by calling a foreign leader to look for dirt on a political opponent. And I would make this case, as we face this trial in the Senate, if the president claims uh, that he is so innocent 
then why doesn't he have all the president's men testify? Richard Nixon had his top people testify. We should be hearing from Mulvaney, who is the one, under oath, witnesses have said that Mulvaney is the one that said, okay, we're going to withhold this aid to a fledgling democracy to get dirt on a political opponent. We should hear from Bolton, who told his own staff to go see a lawyer after they met with the president. That is the case. If President Trump thinks that he should not be impeached, he should be not scared to put forward his own witnesses. Mayor Buttigieg. Mayor Buttigieg, what additional argument can you make to the American people? At the end of the day, this is beyond public opinion. This is beyond polls. This is beyond politics. The president left the House with no choice. And I think a lot of us are watching this process, watching Washington go through the motions, and not expecting much but a foregone conclusion when it gets to the Senate. But we cannot give in to that sense of helplessness, because that's what they want. They want us to be taken in by that cynicism to where we give up on the process altogether. Meanwhile, their allies are laughing all the way to the bank as we see policies that let giant corporations, some of which made billions in profits, pay not just zero, but as we recently learned, negative taxes, all while they block policies that would actually boost wages for working Americans. Here's the good news. It's up to us. No matter what happens in the Senate, it is up to us in 2020. This is our chance to refuse to be taken in by the helplessness, to refuse and reject the cynicism. That is what this presidential election is about. It is what my campaign is about. Our opportunity in 2020, no matter what happens in Washington, as a country, to change the course of this nation for the better. Mr. Yang, what more? I'm over here. Mr. Yang, what more can you say to the American people? I'm sorry, Mr. Steyer. I'm sorry. Well, let me remind everyone that I'm the person who started the need to impeach movement over two years ago. Because Because I believe what counts here is actually the American people's opinion. Over eight and a half million signed that petition and dragged Washington into the idea that actually the most corrupt president in American history. It's not a question of political expediency. It's not a question of political tactics. It's a question of right and wrong. So now when we look what's going on, I actually agree with Senator Klobuchar. The question here is, if we want the American people to understand what's going on, we need to have the administration officials testify on TV so we can judge. The court that counts here is the court of public opinion. The American people deserve to see the truth of these administration officials testifying under oath so we can make up our mind. If we want Republican senators to do the right thing, we need their constituents to see the truth on TV and tell them, get rid of this guy or we'll get rid of you. That's what I believe in. I'm a believer in the grassroots as an outsider getting the American people's voice to count. That's who I trust, and that's who I trust now. Mr. Yang. It's clear why Americans can't agree on impeachment. We're getting our news from different sources, and it's making it hard for us even to agree on basic facts. Mm -hmm. Congressional approval rating last I checked was something like 17%, and Americans don't trust the media networks to tell them the truth. The media networks didn't do us any favors by missing the reason why Donald Trump became our president in the first place. If you turn on cable network 
news today, you would think he's our president because of some combination of Russia, racism, Facebook, Hillary Clinton, and emails all mixed together. But Americans around the country know different. We blasted away 4 million manufacturing jobs that were primarily based in Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Missouri. I just left Iowa. We blasted 40,000 manufacturing jobs there. The more we act like Donald Trump is the cause of all of our problems, the more Americans lose trust that we can actually see what's going on in our communities and solve those problems. What we have to do is we have to stop being obsessed over impeachment, which unfortunately strikes many Americans like a ball game where you know what the score is going to be, and start actually digging in and solving the problems that got Donald Trump elected in the first place. We have to take every opportunity to present a new positive vision for the country, a new way forward to help beat him in 2020, because make no mistake, he'll be there at the ballot box for us to defeat. Thank you, Mr. Yang. Let's turn now to an issue that is on the minds of all Americans, and that is the economy. All right, guys. So that was them talking about the brand, the candidates for 2020 talking about what they thought about the fact that Donald John Trump has now officially been impeached. So let's real quick remind everybody, this is All You Need to Know Radio. We are live. We are also live on Facebook on John Hollywood at uh, on Facebook. And um, let's talk about this. And we first of all, let's welcome our co-host, Copperhead. Copperhead, are you there? Okay, that, one more time. Test. Can you hear me? Cop- we can barely hear you. Go ahead and do uh, Plan B, please. Let's go to Plan B and let's say hello to Amos. Amos Warwick from uh, Warwick and Nun are amazing. Hi, good amazing. evening, John. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, Amos. What did you think about about what you just heard? Well, I um, generally agree with all of them. I found it interesting that. Uh, they were essentially all united except for Yang, who is kind of running as like an alt candidate, a bit of an outsider. All of them gave a full-throated endorsement of impeachment, and Yang said, well, we really need to focus on manufacturing jobs. Um, I just found that interesting, but I generally agree with all of them. Um, I thought that Sanders full-throated calling Donald Trump a fraud Um, which is just essentially accusing him of blatant criminality, was the most on the nose. Uh, Warren came the closest to doing that as well. So um, I felt like Sanders and Warren were the strongest of the statements in those um, opening statements in response to the question of impeachment by the host. But um, I also felt like, you know, Tom Steyer answered that question well, even though he's not my preferred candidate. What do you think of Buttigieg? Um, I thought Buttigieg's speech was interesting, and um, his little snippet there was very pro-worker and um, anti uh, very really, very wealthy people, which is interesting, and I think represented a PR move. Um, because of the news that broke earlier this week of him. Um, having a fundraiser in um, a winery owned by the Hall family, which are billionaires from California. 
Uh, and it was like all over the news. It was on the late night talk shows and stuff. And so I'm wondering if um, he came out with such a full-throated support of workers' rights in the way that he did because of that, because that's not normally his rhetoric. He talks about more wonky things. And Copperhead, what did you think? They all had some really good points. Uh, Copper, we, Copperhead, that's a really, really bad connection. Can you please go to plan B? Yeah, almost. So, thank you very much. So almost, um, let's talk yeah. about this. Let's talk about the fact of, to me, it really didn't sound like they had much of, of a plan of talking about the impeachment. <laughs> Because I'm not well, really sure. None of them how got any... into the weeds. No, uh, none of them got into the, you know, the detailed specifics of the claims and defenses, um, which, frankly, I think is appropriate. You know, a few of them mentioned the fact that they're jurors in the Senate, as senators, they're jurors like Klobuchar and Sanders and Warren. Um, and so it actually kind of is inappropriate. For them to comment on the details, I know Mitch McConnell uh, and Lindsey Graham says that, you know, they're going to be impartial jurors. Um, they're not going to be impartial jurors, but I do think it is appropriate for Sanders and Klobuchar and Warren to not comment on the detailed facts of the impeachment case. Um, but, you know, they also offer a full-throated rebuke of Trump and call him, you know, a corrupt criminal, essentially. Um, so... I guess that's what I think about it. It's it's an interesting dichotomy, and you know, I kind of wish there would be more public calling the emperor has no clothes. You know, the Republicans all know they're not giving good faith arguments. But why, why do you think there's not? They're not. Are they scared? Are they scared of this guy? Are they that scared of this guy? You know, today I'm just happy about it, the 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 way the Democrats are handling it. The the uh, move of Pelosi to not forward the articles to the Senate until McConnell commits on the rules. That's the kind of aggressive parliamentary tactics that I always advocate that the Democrats use in these types of situations because the Republicans would use it there themselves. You know, if the shoe was on the other foot, the Republicans are all about aggressive parliamentary tactics to get their way in the House and Senate. And the Democrats always seem to quote unquote take the high road and get railroaded. And so, you know, with Pelosi in my opinion, it's kind of a brilliant little parliamentary trick that I hadn't even considered, uh, withholding the articles and not sending them to the Senate until uh, McConnell issues the rules, I think is really kind of brilliant, and so I'm quite happy about that. I do um, understand why it's, in my opinion, not the appropriate venue to get in the details of the crime during the uh, Democratic primary debate. I, I I definitely agree with that. So Copperhead, what do you think? We got you now. Can you can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can hear yeah. you. What's your opinion of what you heard from the the Democrats who are running for president? Um, I'm enjoying listening to kind of the spectrum of things. Uh, Yang saying, "Let's move on. Let's let's actually solve the problems instead of the symptoms." 
is a really wise thing to put out there because even if he's not nominated as our president, it's out there on the foreground that, yes, we're just putting Band-Aids on wounds instead of actually trying to figure out what knife is killing us. And him to be putting that out there shows that there's an interest in solving the problems, not just putting Band-Aids on stuff and quickly duct taping things together and hoping they, they fly straight. Past that, um, listening to you guys talk about Pelosi, like that she's genius about some of this because depending on how long she holds on to the her part of the impeachment, we have June elections, which means that the Senate could turn blue. She could release it then when she has a more friendly environment there, or she may hold it all the way until the election and then wait until that election happens or the presidential election happens. If he's not in office, do they go through with the impeachment or does she do it just before the election? She can cause a lot of trouble that way too. Okay. I do. I agree. I agree with both of you pretty much. Um, I think we're live on Facebook, guys. Um, I cannot tell by looking, and I really honestly don't kind of mess with it anymore. Um, this is, uh, I was going to start off by saying that, first of all, this is All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood. We are heard live exclusively on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you would like to join the show live, you can call 516-531-9990 if you're brave enough. You want to give millions of people your opinion, press that number one button on your phone that tells a producer that you want to be part of the show, and we definitely encourage you to do that. We also want to let everybody know this is our final show of 2019, and we want to tell Almost and uh, Hunter, both uh, where Hunter was unable to join us, but Almost graciously gave us his time tonight, um, how much we appreciate everything and all the time you've done for us, almost. Thank you so much. You're, mo- you're most welcome. It's my pleasure. I enjoy speaking about the political matters. That's why I come on. And so, almost, what what do you think about Nancy Pelosi withholding the articles? I like we talked about it just a few seconds ago. I think it's brilliant. I think that the fact that you know Mitch McConnell and uh, well, who's the other creep? Uh, Lindsey Graham. Who, by the way, though, today scolded Donald Trump for saying uh, about a congresswoman's law or, or, or a wife lost. Yeah, I just, I guess it makes me sick to my stomach to even try to, but there, tell, tell everybody what happened because I can't. Sure, yeah. Wendy Dingell um, took over in Congress. Well, she uh, actually took over in Congress for her late husband, John Dingell from Michigan, who was in Congress for many, many years, just years and years and years. Um, And he just recently died, I believe, in late 2018. I may be getting that slightly wrong. And Donald Trump made fun of or implied that John Dingell was looking up from hell. Um, while at a rally in Michigan, I think yesterday or the day before that, yesterday, the day he was impeached. It's ridiculous. This guy's a loose cannon. No class. Hello? No mm-hmm. class whatsoever does this president. And, and now, mm-hmm. every time you hear me talk about our president, this will be our impeached Donald John Trump. He is only the third president in the history of this country to ever be impeached. And Nancy Pelosi, I think, is brilliant in the fact that no one saw this coming. Even I didn't see this coming. Just withholding the articles 
um, until she wants to, until she feels like there's going to be a fair trial. And I think so that's fair. The, the, I looked into the legal matter, John, and literally the Constitution says two sentences about this. The Senate shall have the sole power to try all impeachments. When sitting for that purpose, they shall be on oath or affirmation. When the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside. I mean, it's short. That's the only instruction. So she can basically do whatever she wants within the parliamentary rules. And there's nothing and that explicitly states she has to – there's nothing that explicitly states that she has to forward the articles of impeachment to the Senate the moment they're yeah. voted upon. It's never been litigated. What's going to be interesting about this is the next time that she can do really anything about it or this, the House of Representatives as a body can do anything about it, it's January 6th. They're out on vacation for Christmas and New Year's mm-hmm. until then, which means that until that point, Donald Trump's going to be hearing impeached President Donald Trump over and over and over again until at least the 6th. And if that's not uh, an eagle blow, if that's not a narcissist's worst nightmare – to have that failure reminded every time they talk about him, and he loves to be talked about, but now it's changing his favorite pastime into his biggest nightmare. I mean, guys, look, what she's doing is she is play, playing politics with him. And the thing is, is that she's a much better player at politics than Donald Trump is. Um, and in fact, she's so much better of a person than Donald Trump is in every way. But uh, one of my Facebook friends actually said, actually, um, he has been impeached, and he will always be impeached. This is from Russell Neal Smith on my Facebook page, and he says, and always will be an impeached president. If the Senate acquits him, he still will have been impeached. He will still be an impeached president. He might be acquitted. He still will be impeached. And that's going to be the thing is that he he won't have the option for acquittance. She is actually waiting to see if there is any chance of a fair trial, which there is not under Mitch McConnell. She could hold back the articles of impeachment and see if Trump is reelected. Hopefully he won't be. If he is, then the perfect scenario would be for the Democrats to take over the Senate, and then, the, and then she can present the articles, and they could vote him. They could have the Senate trial then, and then which time he could be removed from office from the next election. But he will always have the stigma live with him for the rest of his presidency and the rest of his life that he was an, the third impeached president in history. Almost, do you agree with that? Could she really do that? Would that work? Yes. Let me respond to that Facebook poster. So I generally agree with his tone and tenor, but I slightly disagree with his analysis. I think that um, what's likely to happen is that uh, Pelosi will advance the articles after a negotiation between Schumer and McConnell in the Senate, and it will likely happen in March or April of this year because McConnell will feel pressure from the public and from Donald Trump and from others to um, actually hold a trial prior to the election. Um, But the thing about the analysis is, yes, the trial will likely not be fully fair. I completely agree. Um, But if he were acquitted in a trial, which would only occur if the senators vote in bad faith because the evidence is overwhelming, um, if he were acquitted in a trial uh, and he were re-elected in 2020, 
and then the Democrats won a Senate majority, they would simply impeach him for other charges and remove him from office at that time. He's been impeachable from day one under the emoluments clause. Um, it's just a question of political will and the numbers. Um, so while – and um, to the semantic point, the uh, caller is 100 percent correct that an impeachment is like an indictment. So um, he will always be indicted. Whether or not he's acquitted is a question for the trial, for the Senate. Uh, okay, so well, the the whether or not he's acquitted is a question for the Senate. So that's my analysis. But that's a very uh, interesting insight and an important insight. So we were kind and of talking about you parallels. We were talking about the parallels and metaphors on all of this, right? And uh, mm-hmm. we were kind of confu- we were setting up the kind of like what what is the House, what is the Senate, how do those play into like a, a, a criminal or a um, trial kind of. So we're kind of seeing the House mm-hmm. of Representatives as a filter, like a JP court, and then the Senate is the actual like state court, if you will, and that's the one that kind of sticks. So JP is actually inaccurate. Uh, it, it, what it is is it's they they are the grand jury. The House of Representatives is akin to a grand jury, um, which is in the criminal context. I am not a criminal law expert, but in the criminal law context, what a grand jury is is um, a, a group of peers convened by a district attorney who has presented evidence of a potential crime, and if the grand jury agrees with the district attorney that there is sufficient evidence to charge a crime, they issue a true bill and say you are now charged with a crime by the state. So um, what the House of Representatives does is they act as the investigator, like the police kind of. And like the FBI, kind of, and then um, they also act as the D- They also act as the DA, um, as a district attorney, sort of, by uh, convening the House of Representatives as a and like the House Judiciary Committee, in a, like a quasi grand right, jury exercise. Yeah, but um, after the grand jury issues the bill. Then typically they forward it to the DA who files charges, and um, then you have a criminal trial, which is what would occur in the Senate. So it is akin to uh, a legal activity, but it's not really a lower court to a higher court. It's more like it's more like a the criminal like law process. Right. That makes sense. So mm-hmm. like their right to a speedy trial. What would you say to that? <laughs> well, like I said, the actual Constitution says very, very little about the trial in the Senate. Um, it's like two and a half sentences. Um, well, we only did like, what, two so, months on this as far as the Ukraine incident and the trial? I mean, the impeachment? We oh, you're talking months? about the That's... speediness of the DA process? Of this process? I mean, we can't go any faster than two yeah. months. I would think that we would be... It, reckless. We even overlooked certain witnesses because we didn't want to delay time going through the court systems to force them to testify. Well, it, it, it helps when it's a simple case. Um, you know, the case for bribery is pretty simple when he says, I'd like you to do us a favor, though. Um, especially, yeah, high you know, yeah, it, it, and there's a whistleblower and there's a bunch of people who heard it. It's like there's tons and tons of evidence that he tried to bribe them. Um, <laughs> so. When I say the evidence is overwhelming, it's because it is. In the context of a criminal trial, he would be convicted. I mean, I'm not – that's an – you know, 
Uh, I'm not. I cannot well, allow to speculate, but that's the truth. One of the great metaphors I've heard so far is at this point in time, Donald Trump is the smoking gun. We already know he's guilty. <laughs> There's too much evidence to prove that he's not. But the, but he is reloaded right. now, and he's ready to shoot. So it's up to the Senate whether or not he fires again. That's All right, guys. actually an incredibly that. apt metaphor, and I agree. I agree with that. Hey, guys, that music needs to be, means we need to take a little break. This is a special episode, so we're only going to have one commercial. And uh, we'll be right back. This is All You Need to Know Radio. Don't touch that dial. Hey, guys, it's your favorite radio show host, John Hollywood, with All You Need to Know Radio. want to give you a number that you need to remember if you have any legal problems. The sponsor of our show, the Law Office of Origin Nun, 972-863-9592. If you have any problems with personal injury, real estate or businesses, transaction, anything like that, you need to call these rock stars. They are rock stars in the courtroom and they take no prisoners. 972 863 9592, that is Warridge and Nun, 972-863-9592, or all social media at Warridge and Nun. Warridge and Nun, the only name you need to know, they're the best, period. Hey everybody, how's everybody doing out there tonight? Are you ready to end your debt forever? Are you tired of paying credit card payments every single month? And all you seem to be doing is getting the interest paid and not lowering your actual balance. And you've thought to yourself, why am I in this mess? Let me tell you something right now. It is a situation that is happening with millions of Americans and their families. And it's very sad the government has not stepped in to do anything. Guess what? We are ready to help you. There is a company that is a new uh, sponsor out there called American Negotiators. And let me tell you, are you ready to get out of debt? They say if you've been told there's nothing you can do, listen very closely because I'm about to tell you the truth and your family. Major credit card companies don't want you to know the truth. And the truth is you can actually settle your debt for less than what you owe. And yes, they will not go out of business because they lose a little bit of money. And the other families are able to go on with their lives and feel confident that they actually paid their bills. Pick your phone up right now and call 972-764-3120. Let American negotiators go to work for you today with years of experience. Let them show you a better way to end your debt permanently. They've got over 30 years of proven experience with the president and CEO in the credit and debt industry, and they are ready to go to work for you right now. As an added treat, and because you heard it on All You Need to Know Radio, call 972-764-3120. That is 972-764-3120. And listen up, guys. Everybody that calls right now for the next five minutes, you will get 50% off their amazing debt negotiation services. Go to your phones and call them right now. American Negotiators is the only name you need to know to get out of debt. American Negotiators, ending America's debt one debt at a time. 972-764-3120. 
All right, everybody. Welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood. We are live in the studio right now for our final show in 2019, and we have our amazing co-host, Copperhead. Say hello to everyone, Copperhead. How's it going? There we go. We still are hearing you a little bit less. You might want to try Plan B one more time. And almost are you there? Uh, Yes, sir, I am. All right, so now we are going to hear the Speaker of the House as she delivers the exciting news, the sad news for our country, but a victory for democracy. This is uh, the incredible, our House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi. Listen closely to her, guys. Here we go. That's good. Uh, We've been hearing from people all over the country in the last since last night and this morning. Seems like people have a spring in their steps because the president was held accountable for his reckless behavior. No one is above the law and the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. No one is above the law and the president has been held accountable. It really is interesting to see the response that we are getting bipartisan across party lines. I myself want to say I have a spring in my step because of the moral courage of our caucus. To see them all, so many of 100 members go to the floor, that's all that we had time for, uh, to go to the floor and speak about our Constitution, about the facts of the case, so clearly, so patriotically, so prayerfully. It's off the table right away. We impeach the president immediately. Everybody was on to the next thing. The next thing for us will be when we see uh, the process that is set forth in the Senate, uh, then we'll know the number of managers that we may have to go forward and who that we, who we would choose. That's what I said last night. That's what I'm saying now. Uh, the uh, precedent for this, and I met with my six chairs after some of us were together for a press conference after the votes last night. Uh, and we discussed the precedent of it all, and that is in the uh, most recent uh, case, taking up an impeachment, uh, there was uh, a proposal on the floor uh, put together in a bipartisan way. 100 senators voted for the process on how they would go forward uh, on the case of, of President Clinton. We would hope that they could come to some conclusion like that. But in any event, we're ready. Uh, when we see what they have, we'll know who and how many we will send over. That's all I'm going to say about that now. Okay, everybody. So that was the amazing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And you are listening to All You Need to Know Radio. I'm your host, uh, John Hollywood. And we are live on Blog Talk Radio. We're live on Facebook also on John Hollywood, John Riley Hollywood, if you're friends with me on there. I have over five, uh, close to 5,000 friends, so I'm almost at my limit. Um, almost, she really pulled a fast one on everybody, didn't she? She really did, and I was not expecting that, but it was, like I said earlier, and I, I find it to be a brilliant political move. And um, something I didn't say earlier is I would call back, I think something maybe three or four months ago, Several months ago, regular listeners of your show may recall that um, I was cautioning uh, 
you and Copperhead from being overly uh, critical of Pelosi for moving slowly on advancing articles by saying, I don't always necessarily understand every move she makes, but I think she's a very wise parliamentarian and a really good politician and probably better than me, even though I may um, be a better trial lawyer. Uh, she has that um, understanding of how to maneuver and use the rules in a way that I just don't grasp, and I find her to be fantastic at it. And she really proved she proved that point uh, today. Big time she proved, she proved that point because – all the Republicans, you know, so stupid-ass people went on national television saying that they were going to make this trial go away quickly. They had already made up their minds. And in any court – I know this is really not a court of law, but it really is. It's being, it's being presided over by the, the, the chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. I don't think you get any bigger. Um, but mm-hmm. with, with, for, them, for them to go on there and say that they've already made up their mind, they would be struck from the from a juror's list in a heartbeat, right? I think there's also that is no correct. They that would RBG... be struck for cause. At what, so when I I do this all the time, John. When there's a trial, there's a jury impaneled in a jury trial, and um, the the lawyers and the judge ask them about whether or not they can be fair given their background, age, education, their history, what what they think about it. And they need to be able to say that they can be fair and impartial jurors. And if they state that they are not impartial, if they state that they're partisan, then they are struck for cause. You don't use a preliminary strike. You you make a motion to the court who, who sends them home. I mean, if your listeners ever want to get off of a jury, tell the judge – during jury selection, but you can't make a fair decision because of some reason. You'll get struck. Yeah, that's something that they don't play games with. Hey, Copperhead, you're not a lawyer, but as an individual, when you hear stuff like that, doesn't that make you uneasy to hear someone saying that they, they – and first of all, you keep in mind the Republicans, Lindsey Graham or um, – What's Turtleneck? Mitch McConnell? That's it. I think his name. Um, <laughs> turtleneck. I think we call him Melted Face. He looks like a turtle. <laughs> he really does. Copper, but Copperhead, what do you think? Um, I think it's really sad that everything's gone down through uh, party lines, and they're just quoting the same echo chamber that we have from uh, pretty much every Republican. They quote stuff like, this has been a, a bipartisan decision, like that it's their fault, that it's the Democrats' fault that they're forcing all of this and that the Democrats are, are definitely in the wrong. When it's black and white in the Constitution what the laws are, the Constitution led for this impeachment, begged for this impeachment, and it was originally written by two parties. The Constitution was written by two parties. The problem is is that one party is not adhering to the Constitution. And that's that's what happens there is that you have a Republican Party who's not following the Constitution, so therefore is not in step with the Democratic Party. And therefore you have these talking heads, Mitch McConnell and such, that are going to state their case because they don't, there is no case. They're just simply telling their, their voters how they want to be kept. 
Absolutely. And the funny thing I found almost was for them, for Turtle, Turtleneck to go on to the Senate floor today and make the statement that he doesn't care if she ever presents the articles. But see, here's what she's doing. Here, everybody out there, listen, this is what I see Nancy Pelosi doing. She is be playing brilliance. She is doing politics. She's playing Donald's, with Donald Trump's head. Because Donald Trump now will be an impeached president until at least July 6th. We're on December 19th. Can you imagine how Donald Trump is going to go in his head and it's going to mess with his head almost? I hope his medication's up to date. I mean, I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I read a brief news article, I think yesterday, that said uh, – People are worried about Trump tweeting during an impeachment trial. I mean, he couldn't even he couldn't not tweet during the impeachment hearings. Of course, he's going to live tweet his own trial, um, and then he's going to refuse to testify under oath. And you know, the fact that the 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 the, the Democrats are getting better. And I, I began tonight by stating that I was happy with the Democrats messaging and I'm happy with Nancy Pelosi. I really am. I think she did a great thing today, but I also um, continue to lament the Democrats seeming inability to call a spade a spade and effectively drum on drum home, simple points about bribery and corruption. Um, <clears throat> they're still, some kind of milk toast, even though the gloves appear to have come off at least somewhat, which I'm happy about, I want them to really go for the jugular. This president is a threat, um, and they, they appear to be getting a little bit more strong about it, which I really appreciate, but I want them to keep their um, – to, to use the, the metaphor, you know, keep their foot on the neck or something, really, now, really and push we've hard. Seen, we've stated this on the show that part of this impeachment isn't for Democrat or Republican. This is, is the fact that we have to set a standard for the president, that we have to hold him accountable mm-hmm. because the next one, the next one, the next one. We set a standard up for somebody who can cheat and run the system however he and his family want to as a mafia boss, and that's what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. As Guys, the whole thing is that she, Donald Trump it wants a trial, though. He does not want to have an impeachment. <laughs> Acquittal on his record. He wants to be exonerated. I mean, he's probably sending Rudy Giuliani somewhere else to make up some other kind of story about how he was impeached. I mean, what, where I think it's funny is when Turtleneck, uh, Mitch McConnell, was was on the Senate floor saying, you know, we're leaving today and we're not coming back till July 6th. I wonder if it registered in his head what he's actually saying, because I'm telling you, Nancy Pelosi is playing this this man like a fiddle, and she's one of the best at politics. And I think, once again, she's brilliant. I take my hat off to her because last night when she did the first gavel or the first article making uh, being passed, um, by party lines, which was really sad because not one Republican could admit Donald Trump had done anything wrong. They all said that he did everything right, and they, everybody else did everything wrong. And to me, What's that's really, just that's asinine, and it's stupid, and it's egotistical, and it's everything Donald Trump is. It's like Donald Trump has something on people in the Senate. With the people that are right. speaking out 
I want to know what they're being paid. I want to know what they're benefiting from just basically, you know, losing their character, losing any sense of humanity and the fact that you cannot admit when a guy, hundreds of people were killed because of the situation of that money being withheld because he wanted dirt on maybe his opponent in the next election. Is he that scared? Almost, what do you think? Well, I mean, you're absolutely correct. He's, he is scared, and it's ridiculous. He's scared of the truth. And um, if you think back to earlier in the show, in the Democratic debate, Klobuchar made a brilliant point. Why aren't all of the president's men testifying? Why is he stonewalling? They, the, the Republicans aren't even trying to make an argument that he's not obstructing justice. Their only Except argument that he's not obstructing that. justice is that it's partisan, which is ridiculous. Of course what it's I, what partisan. What I love is that you have the same Republicans telling us that we're not doing a, a fair trial, but then it's the president mm-hmm. himself that's keeping all the witnesses from testifying. So which is it? Like, it's rank hypocrisy. It's, it, it's blatant hypocrisy. That's the scary part is that it's black and white. It's there in front of us, and we're, we still have people who will sit there and listen to this and actually debate it as mm-hmm. if it's a real fact, that, that the Republicans have a, a true factual case here that – there's been no denial of any of the actions. As a matter of fact, they're proud of the actions. Then they pretend that the, the line for impeachment can move. Like they'll say, oh, it's, it's at this point that you know, he's broken the law. Then when we find out that's actually what happened, they go, oh, no, it's further down the line. So they keep moving the end goal. Well, you can't keep having the cha- change in venue, the change in places, the change in laws day by day, moment by moment because it just, the hypocrisy just becomes bold. And, and Copperhead, I couldn't agree with you more. What you were describing is what I mean when I say that they are making bad faith, disingenuous arguments. The elite in the Republican Party know in their heart of hearts that Donald Trump is unfit to be a United States president and has committed crimes and is a fraud. They know that in their heart of hearts, and hopefully that they're they making the, the arguments in bad faith. If they look the at article, the hold on, the article, everything, every, every, here's the bottom line. These Republicans are blind to what's going on. They do not care about, their, I guess, because they do have to raise their right hand as they start a trial against the president. And I guess they intend to lie under oath. But real quick, let's listen to the, the House Speaker say what she says is next. Here is the incredible, hats off. To Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. We impeach the president immediately. Everybody's on to the next thing. The next thing for us will be when we uh, We've been hearing from people all over the country in the last since last night and this morning. We impeach the president immediately. Everybody's on to the next thing. The next thing for us will be when we see uh, the process that is set forth in the Senate. Uh, then we'll know the number of managers that we may have to go forward and who that we, who we would choose. That's what I said last night. That's what I'm saying now. Uh, the uh, precedent for this, and I met with my six chairs after some of us were together for a press conference after the votes last night, uh, and we discussed the precedent of it all, and that is in the uh, most recent uh, case, 
taking up an impeachment. Uh, there was uh, a proposal on the floor uh, put together by, in a bipartisan way. 100 senators voted for the process on how they would go forward uh, on the case of, of President Clinton. We would hope that they could come to some conclusion like that. But in any event, we're ready. Uh, when we see what they have, we'll know who and how many we will send over. That's all I'm going to say about that now. See, and the thing is with Nancy Pelosi saying that what she's saying is she's took everybody by surprise. I mean, you know, all the, we've talked about this before, that the Republicans were going on all the morning shows saying, you know, we're going to dismiss this right away. And there's I've gone back and I've looked at the Constitution, and I don't see where what she's doing is wrong. Almost, is there anything you can see? I think you answered this a little bit, but go in a little bit more detail for our listeners. Is there anything you can see sure. that they could file uh, to uh, – like? Uh, expedition of a trial or something like that. What I was surprised to hear right. last night was the word indictment, and I love that. So everybody's listening to you. Right. So um, as stated earlier, um, the the actual text of the Constitution is very, very short about um, precisely what it means. And because in the case of Andrew Johnson, um, he resigned before the trial. In the case of Nixon, there was no actual impeachment passed. He resigned before the articles passed. Um, and in the case of Clinton, the senators agreed on the rules. In this case, which is where there's an impeachment passed through the House, but the senators don't agree on the rules, it's never been litigated. It's not clear exactly what's going to happen, and it's not clear from a pure constitutional legal perspective whether or not Nancy Pelosi is authorized to do what she's doing. But it's also not clear that she's unauthorized. Um, and it, the Constitution's couple of sentences, and again, it's only a couple of sentences about how impeachment works, says that the House has the, House has the power to impeach. And she, as the Speaker of the House, basically gets to make the rules. So um, there's no clear statement that what she is doing is right or wrong, but she's doing it, which is the kind of parliamentary hardball that I'm talking about to counter the, the Republicans' disingenuous bad faith arguments in support of this corrupt, fraudulent president. So, you know... I'm, that's why I'm so glad that she's doing this, but the answer to your question is it is unclear whether or not what she is doing is constitutionally authorized. It has never been litigated. Now, I have a stupid question for you. Isn't that how okay. politics are? You kind of push the boundaries and you push the how far you can stretch the laws until they're enforced? Mm-hmm. That's how it's created? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry? Isn't that kind of how politics as a whole? Yes, yeah. I, I, okay, oh, you're saying precedent gets created. I understand what you're saying. Precedent gets created in unusual circumstances. Yes, that's 100% correct. Um, and there's, you know, never been the, – the founders, and I believe Nancy Pelosi said this today, um, the founders did anticipate a president um, – 
getting subverted or corrupted by a foreign power. The founders did not anticipate both the the president and a major political party controlling half of the Senate get subverted by a foreign power. And um, because of that, it leaves the separation of powers in a really unique place where there is no separation between the Senate majority and the White House. Their interests are perfectly aligned. And so in order to have any sort of a check, any sort of separation of powers, any, any sort of minority rights, something unique has to happen. And I think that's kind of what Nancy Pelosi is doing from like a very big picture kind of philosophical process argument perspective. Um, that said, I don't think that she's necessarily un unauthorized. And if this were to be before the ultimate constitutional scholar, you know, a thousand Supreme Court justices, I think more times, you know, 50, 501 times out, of, she would win more often than not. Um, because the the purpose of the documents, the policy underlying the Constitution of the United States is to prevent a runaway, unaccountable president from becoming a king or a runaway, unaccountable judge for that matter. That's why you can impeach a judge. So, um, you know, the policy favors the House being able to check uh, but, you know, this has never actually been done before, so it's never been litigated. But your point is well taken that um, that is when law gets made, when there's uh, unique situations. And this is all going to be experimental because impeachment as a whole, whatever we've done has been – we've had two in the last 25 years, but we, before that, there's only been two or even talked about. We have no boundaries for any of this. This is all kind of – for a fledgling democracy. We're one of the youngest governments in the world right now. And to be able to mm -hmm. reach our wings a little bit and experiment with what's possible. Hey, your connection is really, really bad. So do me a favor. We're going to listen to the impeached Donald John Trump's response to being impeached. And then if you could please go to plan B, we, I'd appreciate it. Here we go, guys. The right to be the third president in U.S. history to be impeached. Well, I don't feel like I'm being impeached because uh, it's a hoax. It's a setup. It's a horrible thing they did. They happened to have a small majority, and they took that small majority, and they forced people. And, you know, they said, oh, I watched Pelosi out there saying, oh, no, we don't want to talk to anybody. They put the arm on everybody. They tried to get them to do what they had to do. Many of those people were like Jeff, where they didn't want to vote that way. But it doesn't feel, to me, it doesn't feel like impeachment. Last night I said it. I, I, we had a great time last night. The room was packed. Thousands of people couldn't get in. Uh, a section that really is a pretty much 50-50 section in terms of Democrat-Republican. Uh, we had every one of those people is voting for Trump-Pence, every one of them. And it's Michigan, an important state. We brought back tremendous amounts of business, tremendous car companies coming in, everything else. And I'll tell you, I was up there and I was thinking about it. I actually said it. It doesn't feel like impeachment. And you know what? It's a phony deal. And they cheapen the word impeachment. It's an ugly word, but they cheapen the word impeachment. Uh, that should never again happen to another president. Uh, 
Okay, so that's just incredibly egotistical and actually just stupid of what a moron this guy is. Almost, what do you think when you hear that? I just, I mean, I, I, t- I try not to cast too many personal attacks and dispersions, but it's, he's just not super together. Um, and uh, it's kind of disappointing that he's kind of... <laughs> He's just not together. Um, he he's not fit, and it's sad. Copperhead, how about you? I, I just think this is going to be amazing for him to be able to go through all of this. It's, it, we're going to have to monitor his tweets and his social media to the, to the nines because it's going to be amazing watching him just kind of unravel. And this will be a case study for most psychologists, I think, to see up and close and personal what happens to somebody's mental game. Because he's not shy about tweeting. All right, almost. So we're going to let you give your closing argument as to what you think the next procedure will be. And then uh, we're going to move on to our song pick of the week because we are out of time. But almost, you have the floor. Thank you, John. And thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. that uh, Nancy Pelosi is likely to advance articles Hi, everybody. some sort of very uh, tense situation uh, where it's negotiated between Schumer and McConnell. The trial will not be super fair, and Trump will likely get acquitted, but it will drag on through June or July, and he will lose the election in 2020. That is my prediction. And thank you All very right. much for having me on tonight. Absolutely. It has been a pleasure for, to uh, be uh, associated with you. We are so glad that we met you. We're so glad you came on board for our, with our team. You're you know, an incredible yep. constitutional lawyer, incredible lawyer, period. You're most welcome. Do me a favor. Tell all of our listeners out there what your, what your law firm specializes in, and please do not – oh, you already dropped. Okay, so – that was almost uh, with Warge and Nunn, and he actually stayed on with us for the entire hour of our show. I mean, we're almost about to be over. In fact, I'm being uh, screamed at in my ear by the uh, producers over at Blog Talk. You guys are just going to have to calm down because I'm not done. But uh, Warwood and Nunn, if you have any legal problems at all, call them at 972-863-9592. That's 972 972- Eight six three nine five nine two. I'm John Hollywood with All You Need to Know Radio, and uh, also we have Copperhead on the phone with us. Say hello, Copperhead. Hello, Copperhead. <laughs> I can't. We still can't hear you, my friend. All right. So, real quick, let's do this. We're going to take a real quick commercial break. We'll be right back.
everybody, welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood. I am right here. All right, so we can hear you. We're going to do our song pick of the week, and do you know what that is? Oh, yeah, 25 years in the making. This is definitely a great song choice for this time of year. So this, our song pick of the week is Mariah Carey. Uh, her song is All I Want is for Christmas is You. And it, like Copperhead just said, it took 25 years for her to get this song to number one. 25 years. Mariah Carey, one of the biggest divas in the world. And, but this song always goes, it's always one of the most played songs at Christmas parties and things like that. We were talking about this, that every decade has kind of a great song, great artist that kind of comes out for Christmas. And we've had everything from Bing Cosby, the White Christmas, to uh, oh, the classic Carol of the Bells by Steamheim Roller Orchestra. Now, I think it's Mariah Carey. She's been around forever. She's been one of our greatest divas. In and now that she's kind of calmed down and stopped being crazy, basically kind of re-rallied her and choose one of her songs as our Christmas song. And she's definitely somebody who's earned it. I think one of the statistics we read said something about $600 million, uh, or six, $6 million, I'm sorry, that this song has created for her, just one song. That's right, everybody. So this is, this is our song pick of the week, the final show of 2019. And this song is by the amazing, one of the best vocalists in the world, I think. Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. After 25 years of this song being on the charts, it finally went number one. Congratulations to Mariah Carey. What an amazing uh, Christmas present for her. And so for our listeners, this is All You Need to Know Radio Song Pick of the Week. And it's new, and it's dangerous, and everyone is in your face. It's Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. Take a listen. Carrie, all I want for Christmas is you. Copperhead, what'd you think of that? Do you enjoy that? Come on, she's she's one of the greatest songbirds that we've had in my lifetime. She, Whitney, and, and pretty much Christina Aguilera, pretty much the divas that I can think of readily. Celine Dion, I guess. I want to know from our listeners what you think makes Mariah Carey number one again. What brings her back to the chart? She, she's she has kind of been around in pop culture. For the most part, her big were in the 90s. So what, 25 years after this song came out, 
what is back to life? What's giving it that second life? I'm not really sure. Real quick, we've got a caller on the phone. Let's see if we've really had this caller. Hi, welcome to All You Need to Know Radio. The last four digits of your phone number are 4644. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking to? Oh, it's Pianchi. How are you doing? Hi, Pianchi. We're doing fantastic. Thank you for calling into the show. What can we get? What kind of question do you have for us tonight? Well, I can't answer the question posed by the entertainer, <clears throat> but I was going to make a comment on uh, Nancy Pelosi. And I think she's completely out of bounds. And if you don't have the articles, how do you know what they found him supposedly guilty of? And, you know, the thing about this is that uh, out of all this whole thing about impeaching Trump began before he was even elected. And, you know, went through the different scenarios, the Russia and Mueller. And that didn't work. But, sir, isn't that the same thing they said about President Obama? I mean, the day President Obama was elected, they told President Obama, we're not going to turn president. We're not going to let you pass any bills. And then he, he, he passed the Affordable Care Act, that, you know, sadly, without any Republicans. But I, I, I see what you're saying, but it's also there's a comparison, don't you think? No. Because they because Obama was black and they would have threw out the race card immediately. It would have been flying so heavily in the air you couldn't go outside without a hard hat on your head. And the thing is the difference between Trump, you take the congressperson in Detroit, Talib, that's representing the old John Conyers seat. When she got elected in twenty eighteen, one of the first statements she made out of her mouth, we're gonna impeach the ML. Now, fast forward, he's being criminalized on something that occurred in July of this year. Not back in January of 2017 when the emphasis was on Russia and all the things in between July. So they have had the pretense in their mind of getting rid of him from the start. Not based on what he's doing. Now so, they wanted to fall so on Ukraine. Let's, let's, talk, let's take the Mueller report, sir. Do you believe that the Mueller report proved any evidence of the president breaking the law? No, I, actually, the Mueller report, as far as impeachment is current, is irrelevant because they well, didn't, no, it's not, they didn't it's have not any It's not irrelevant because they let him get away with the same thing again. That was the whole purpose that the impeachment needed to for sure happen because of the I think, fact that I think they had already let him. Excuse me. They had not let him. They already let him slide on twelve counts. He should have been charged with ten counts of obstruction of justice and two counts of conspiracy. They let him off because they didn't believe he he educatedly understood exactly what he was doing in talking with Russia. He just thought that he was talking with Russia. On the very day the Mueller report becomes public and all and you know everything Mueller testifies is when he did what he did where hundreds of people were killed because he withheld aid from people from a president that was new, that was very, very um, impression impressionist, desperate. but yeah. And desperate, completely desperate. So I, do you, are you like the Republic? I mean, you can't admit Donald Trump did anything wrong. Not as far as Ukraine concerned. No, but do you see other problems with his, 
presidency? Do you see other abuses of power? Do you see him and his family taking advantage of the system, or do you see him as, as any other politician, any other uh, president that we've had in our history? As any other politician, typically, uh, when he imposed tariffs on Canada, you had Susan Rice, who's married to a CNN executive editor, whose father owns lumber mills in Canada, so it affects them. And of course, she's in the capacity that she worked, wanted to get revenge. I mean, we can say that. But you're also talking about a president who pulled us out of out of um, Ukraine and pulled us out of other countries while letting ISIS, the, the terrorist group who blew into 9/11 towers, he's he's backing them effectively. He's allowing them to grow. He's doing everything that Putin has suggested, or he's guessing what Putin's tactics are and helping him out with his obligations. I mean, there's a direct correlation between everything that Trump does and what Putin wants or Trump's bottom line and his pocket lining. You can't say that about any other president in the past. I mean, George Bush was even noted for for trying to go after oil for his family, but even that doesn't seem on the same scale as what Trump does day by day. Well, here's the thing. You said I, – I, I don't think ISIS had anything to do. ISIS wasn't even created during the time of 9-11. And here's an – ISIS is not a country. So how do you wage war, declare war on a bunch of people that can blend back into you the crowd the at any moment? Are, you, you, don't, you don't defeat ISIS as a country. What you do is you ratify and help the governments who are trying to keep ISIS at bay, who are trying to destroy terrorist groups who create that sort of environment. So when you're offering aid, money, training, tools, equipment, people, personnel to these countries and minimizing ISIS, if not eliminating ISIS as a whole, and you remove that sort of support from these countries who are not ready to be by themselves, who are not capable of taking care of the threat, when you remove those people and allow those terrorist cells to grow and to have, have support or get the – like what I almost said earlier, get the foot off the throat of these – terrorist cells, they're able to, to do, to regenerate, if you will, and to amass more uh, personnel and, and to corrupt governments and to pull funding from places they didn't have before. When Trump removes those stoppages, the, the minimizing of the ISIS, and allows them to pledge to grow and to do what they do, that, I mean, it's a direct, it's a direct conflict of what any American would want. Well, that's not the United States alone fighting ISIS. Matter of fact, Russia and Syria are fighting them. That's a mistake. Russia is very fond Russia is not fighting them. Okay, but as, guys, far as, as far as dollar for dollar goes, America is by far more than 50% of it. And we have the well, right here's, to do that. Hold on, hold on. Hold, guys, 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 hold on. Sir, now that uh, Donald, uh, the president has been impeached, what do you think is going to happen between now, December, this is December 19th, and he cannot have – there's nothing that's going to change all the way to January 6th of, two, of 2020. How do you think Donald Trump is going to handle himself? Do you think he's going to handle himself presidential, or do you think he's going to make vicious attacks against people like uh, with dead senators telling them that their husband's probably looking at looking or at a six-page letter to Pelosi? So I think I, I'm that curious Donald what Trump, you think your president will do. I think that Donald Trump should continue to – Live up to the promises that he made on his campaign. I'm African American. I support him wholeheartedly. He's the best I've seen and, in and my life. Tell me exactly what promises he kept. Well, he kept his promise on taxes, tariffs, 
He kept his promise on working towards school choice. You know, just to name those three. So he he's kept his par- he's kept his tariffs on the tariffs that allowed the steel industry in structure the steel industry as it does with, as it applies to structure steel erection has made a comeback. Look at all. So he's so made a, he, about, he's done a good job. No, 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 no. You're talking about a president who gave tax cuts to the top one percent. Meanwhile, he's kicking our bills down the road and just increasing our debt as a nation. Because we're going to have to pay that back. All of our debt is going to be wanted someday. And he has now gotten into the trillions of dollars again. Well, let's, let's look at hey, the one thing okay, you so said thank there. Thank you so much for calling and, in. We are out of time. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Please call us back in 2020. Yeah, yeah I'm glad you said Merry All right. So, Popperhead, give your closing arguments. We are out of time. My closing argument is easy. Uh, New Year's is just right around the corner, and this is the time of year that everybody wants to make their resolution. I highly recommend you stop and look at your resolutions and see what can you do for your neighbor, what can you do for the others, what can you do to help society and better the world around you. Every little bit helps, and this is the time to choose that and to try to figure out what community service or what aid you can help with strangers and with organizations who are there to help and support the, your neighbors. Um, do it. That's all I have to say. Thank you so much, Copperhead. You've been an amazing co-host. I cannot, cannot wait to see what 2020 holds for America, and uh, what holds what holds for uh, us growing on our radio show here. We are so humble. Well, all I know is all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> all I want for Christmas is you too, baby. All right, guys. So we, we want to. We're so humbled and thank you. And, and even though the, the gentleman that just called in, I had to cut him off. I apologize. I don't mind having a friendly debate with someone. I'm glad that he wanted to point out that he's an African-American. Maybe he was the one Donald Trump pointed out and said, look, there's my African-American friend. Racist statement. However, this is my closing argument. The world is in poor mill. Donald impeached Donald John Trump is a threat to our national security, and he must be removed from office. And by no manner of chance should he win the 2020 election. As for your New Year's resolutions, look at yourself and say, what have you done today to make yourself feel proud? I'm John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Know Radio. We'll see you in 2020. And I'm Copperhead. Say goodbye, Copperhead. Goodbye, Copperhead. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Live from Dallas, Texas. Have a great Merry, and Merry Christmas to you and your families. And Happy be New safe. Year. That's right. And remember, keep preaching for the stars because that's where it all begins. And never let anyone tell you how to live your life or who to love. This is all John Hollywood. Good night. Yeah, I can feel my spirit riding change. Yeah, we need a change. Yeah, so do it.